0: Chapters eleven and twelve of Ward Number no. six by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter eleven. The conversation went on for about an hour longer and apparently made a deep impression on Andrey Yefimitch. He began going to the ward every day. He went there in the mornings and after dinner, and often the dusk of an evening found him in conversation with Ivan Dmitritch. At first Ivan Dmitritch held aloof from him, suspected him of evil designs, and openly expressed his hostility. But afterwards he got used to him, and his abrupt manner changed to one of condescending irony. Soon it was all over the hospital that the doctor, Andrey Yefimitch had taken to visiting ward number six no one neither sergey sergeyevitch nor nikita nor the nurses could conceive why he went there why he stayed there for hours together what he was talking about and why he did not write prescriptions his actions seemed strange often mihail avrianitch did not find him at home which had never happened in the past and daryushka was greatly perturbed for the doctor drank his beer now at no definite time and sometimes was even late for dinner one day it was at the end of june dr Hobotov went to see andrey yefimitch about something not finding him at home he proceeded to look for him in the yard there he was told that the old doctor had gone to see the mental patients going into the lodge and stopping in the entry Hobotov heard the following conversation we shall never agree and you will not succeed in converting me to your faith ivan dmitritch was saying irritably You are utterly ignorant of reality, and you have never known suffering, but have only like a leech fed beside the suffering of others, while I have been in continual suffering from the day of my birth till today. For that reason, I tell you frankly, I consider myself superior to you and more competent in every respect. It's not for you to teach me. I have absolutely no ambition to convert you to my faith, said Andrei Yefimich gently, and with regret that the other refused to understand him and that is not what matters my friend what matters is not that you have suffered and i have not joy and suffering are passing let us leave them never mind them what matters is that you and i think we see in each other people who are capable of thinking and reasoning and that is a common bond between us however different our views if you knew my friend how sick i am of the universal senselessness ineptitude stupidity and with what delight i always talk with you you are an intelligent man, and I enjoyed your company. Hobotov opened the door an inch and glanced into the ward. Ivan Dmitritch, in his nightcap and the doctor Andrei Yefimitch were sitting side by side on the bed. The madman was grimacing, twitching, and convulsively wrapping himself in his gown, while the doctor sat motionless with bowed head, and his face was red and looked helpless and sorrowful. Hobotov shrugged his shoulders, grinned, and glanced at Nikita. Nikita shrugged his shoulders, too. Next day, Hobotov went to the lodge, accompanied by the assistant. Both stood in the entry and listened. I fancy our old man has gone clean off his chump, said Hobatov, as he came out of the lodge. Lord, have mercy upon us sinners, sighed the decorous Sergey Sergeyitch, scrupulously avoiding the puddles that he might not muddy his polished boots. I must own, honored Yevgeny Fyodoritch, I have been expecting it for a long time chapter twelve after this andrey yefimitch began to notice a mysterious air in all around him the attendants the nurses and the patients looked at him inquisitively when they met him and then whispered together the superintendent's little daughter masha whom he liked to meet in the hospital garden for some reason ran away from him now when he went up with a smile to stroke her on the head the postmaster no longer said perfectly true as he listened to him but in unaccountable confusion muttered yes 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 and looked at him with a grieved and thoughtful expression for some reason he took to advising his friend to give up vodka and beer but as a man of delicate feeling he did not say this directly but hinted it telling him first about the commanding officer of his battalion an excellent man and then about the priest of the regiment a capital fellow both of whom drank and fell ill but on giving up drinking completely regained their health. On two or three occasions Andrey Yefimich was visited by his colleague Hobotov, who also advised him to give up spirituous liquors, and for no apparent reason recommended him to take bromide. In August Andrey Yefimich got a letter from the mayor of the town, asking him to come on very important business. On arriving at the town hall at the time fixed, Andrey Yefimich found there the military commander the superintendent of the district school, a member of the town council, Hobotov, and a plump, fair gentleman who was introduced to him as a doctor. This doctor, with a Polish surname difficult to pronounce, lived at a pedigree stud farm twenty miles away, and was now on a visit to the town. "'There's something that concerns you,' said the member of the town council, addressing Andrey Yefimich after they had all greeted one another and sat down to the table." Here Yevgeny Fyodoritch says that there is not room for the dispensary in the main building, and that it ought to be transferred to one of the lodges. That's of no consequence. Of course it can be transferred, but the point is that the lodge wants doing up. Yes, it would have to be done up, said Andrei Yefimich, after a moment's thought. If the corner lodge, for instance, were fitted up as a dispensary, I imagine it would cost at least 500 rubles, an unproductive expenditure.' "'Everyone was silent for a space. "'I had the honour of submitting to you ten years ago,' Andrei Yefimitch went on in a low voice, "'that the hospital, in its present form, is a luxury for the town beyond its means. "'It was built in the forties, but things were different then. "'The town spends too much on unnecessary buildings and superfluous staff. "'I believe with a different system, two model hospitals might be maintained for the same money.' "'But let us have a different system, then,' the member of the town council said briskly. "'I have already had the honour of submitting to you "'that the medical department should be transferred to the supervision of the Zemspo.' "'Yes, transfer the money to the Zemspo, and they will steal it,' laughed the fair-haired doctor. "'That's what it always comes to,' the member of the council assented, and he also laughed. "'Andrei Yefimich looked with apathetic, lustreless eyes at the fair-haired doctor and said, "'One should be just.' again there was silence tea was brought in the military commander for some reason much embarrassed touched andrey yefimitch's hand across the table and said you have quite forgotten us doctor but of course you are a hermit you don't play cards and don't like women you would be dull with fellows like us they all began saying how boring it was for a decent person to live in such a town no theatre no music and at the last dance at the club there had been about twenty ladies and only two gentlemen the young men did not dance but spent all the time crowding round the refreshment bar or playing cards not looking at any one and speaking slowly in a low voice andrey yefimitch began saying what a pity what a terrible pity it was that the townspeople should waste their vital energy their hearts and their minds on cards and gossip and should have neither the power nor the inclination to spend their time in interesting conversation and reading and should refuse to take advantage of the enjoyments of the mind. The mind alone was interesting and worthy of attention. All the rest was low and petty. Hobatov listened to his colleague attentively and suddenly asked, Andrey Yefimich, what day of the month is it? Having received an answer, the fair-haired doctor and he, in the tone of examiners conscious of their lack of skill, began asking Andrey Yefimich what was the day of the week, how many days there were in the year, and whether it was true that there was a remarkable prophet living in ward number six. In response to the last question, Andrey Yefimitch turned rather red and said, Yes, he is mentally deranged, but he is an interesting young man. They asked him no other questions. When he was putting on his overcoat in the entry, the military commander laid a hand on his shoulder and said with a sigh, It's time for us old fellows to rest. As he came out of the hall, Andrey Yefimitch understood that it had been a committee appointed to inquire into his mental condition. He recalled the questions that had been asked him, flushed crimson, and for some reason, for the first time in his life, felt bitterly grieved for medical science. My God, he thought, remembering how these doctors had just examined him. Why, they have only lately been hearing lectures on mental pathology. They had passed an examination. What's the explanation of this crass ignorance? They have not a conception of mental pathology." and for the first time in his life he felt insulted and moved to anger. In the evening of the same day, Mikhail Averyanitch came to see him. The postman went up to him without waiting to greet him, took him by both hands and said in an agitated voice, My dear fellow, my dear friend, show me that you believe in my genuine affection and look on me as your friend. And preventing Andrey Yefimich from speaking, he went on, growing excited. I love you for your culture and nobility of soul. Listen to me, my dear fellow. The rules of their profession compel the doctors to conceal the truth from you, but I blurt out the plain truth like a soldier. You are not well. Excuse me, my dear fellow, but it is the truth. Everyone about you has been noticing it for a long time. Dr. Yevgeny Fyodoritch has just told me that it is essential for you to rest and distract your mind for the sake of your health. Perfectly true. Excellent. In a day or two I am taking a holiday and am going away for a sniff of a different atmosphere show that you are a friend to me let us go together let us go for a jaunt as in the good old days i feel perfectly well said andrey yefimitch after a moment's thought i can't go away allow me to show you my friendship in some other way to go off with no object without his books without his daryushka without his beer to break abruptly through the routine of life established for twenty years the idea for the first minute struck him as wild and fantastic but he remembered the conversation at the Zemstvo committee and the depressing feelings with which he had returned home, and the thought of a brief absence from the town in which stupid people looked on him as a madman was pleasant to him. And where precisely do you intend to go? he asked to Moscow, to Petersburg, to Warsaw. I spent the five happiest years of my life in Warsaw. What a marvellous town! Let us go, my dear fellow. End of chapter twelve.